I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. Oof. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Hello, Lene, and welcome to the world in sport. I'm Koro Makauta. This week, the Samoan League coach calls for more games. PNG Cricket's on a high. Kiwi rugby stars lead an anti-violence campaign in the Pacific. And Paralympic talent spotters hit Vanuatu. But first, Samoa's league coach Matt Parrish says if his team is provided with more fixtures over the next few years, they'll improve even more. Over the weekend, Tor Samoa concluded their Four Nations campaign with a 44-18 loss to Australia. Parrish has summed up Samoa's campaign as a success, even though they lost all three games. From a match point of view, obviously they were disappointed like, like all of us. You know, we thought, particularly at the start and the end of the games, we should have played a lot better. I mean, you know, in the middle third of the game, I thought we competed quite well. But on the big picture, you know, we're, we're very happy with what we've done so far in this tournament. And, uh, we, we, you know, and I've said to the boys, you need to be proud of the efforts and what you've done and what you've done for Rugby League Samoa generally. Despite this uh, blemish, if you like, from the last result, how satisfied are you with the campaign in general? Because the Tor Samoa seems to have been ma- making headlines with their efforts. Yeah, I think, you know, no one expected us to, you know, to match it with the big three. And I think we more than did it. As I said, you know, the first two games could have gone either way. And, you know, we were very, you know, I thought we were very unlucky, particularly in the Kiwi game, to get beaten. Uh, particularly, you know... <laughs> you know, with the number of refereeing decisions that were dubious to say the least. And then um, in the English game, we were very competitive. You know, we were down twice and got back to the lead twice, you know, and we possibly could have, could have won that game. Uh, in the Australian game, you know, again, they played very well. Take nothing away from them. They are the world champions, and they certainly hit form very well. But, you know, as I said, I was really disappointed, particularly in our last five minutes when they scored two tries. You know, with four minutes to go, it was 32-18, and I thought that would have been probably a true indication of the game, but then they got two late tries. But, you know, that's footy, and that's the way it goes. Was it a sign of maybe the, the, the fatigue, maybe not physically, but mentally as well, after what have, were two tough losses earlier in the campaign? Yeah, uh, m- maybe that had a little bit to do with it, but I thought our preparation was really good, even though we had to travel back from New Zealand and all that. I thought our preparation was good. We prepared well. You know, we didn't have too many injuries, so... You know, things were good like that. You know, I just think we started badly and we got ourselves back into the game. And then, you know, unfortunately, you know, we were very poor in that last five minutes when they ran in two tries, which was disappointing. But it's been a massive learning curve for everyone in the group. And uh, I, I think that, you know, what we've done in this tournament, we've certainly put Rugby League Samara on the map. But I know, we, you know, with continued international games, we can get a lot better. And in terms of, of the participation in the Four Nations, I know that there's no other uh, fourth nation, if you like, that have gotten within 20 points of the of the big three, and uh, you guys have done that. There's a fine line between success and failure. You guys came winless uh, in the Four Nations, but do you regard the campaign still as a success despite those results on paper? Oh, I think so. Again, I think without Samoa and the way we played, I don't think the, 
you know, I don't think the Four Nations would have been very attractive to anyone. But again, you know, you only had to look at the crowd on on Sunday down at Wynn Stadium. You know, there was eighteen and a half thousand people there. You know, and twelve thousand of them would have been Samoans, and the same in Fungaray. And the support we got in Brisbane was massive. So, you know, I've got no doubt that the way we played and the type of footy that we did play in this tournament certainly was attractive to a lot of spectators, and particularly the Samoans. And, and because we were competitive and because we were a genuine chance of winning, people turned out to watch the game. And, of course, it seemed to be a great stage for the likes of Leilua and uh, Peter Godinate as well off the, off the bench. That They really uh, raised some eyebrows with their play over the last month, didn't they? Oh, I think a number of our, our players certainly stood up to be counted. I think, you know, you mentioned those two. I thought Josh Maguire was outstanding. You know, again, he played big minutes in, in all three games. Uh, Dave Paylongo and Frank Pritchard, our two elder, elder, elder forwards, right? they were, you know, they they were tirelessly work rate, and they certainly were great. And then, you know, someone like Tim Simone at fullback, who, who doesn't play fullback for his club, you know, he was very good for us right through the tour. So, I mean, I think there's five or six players that really played well for Samara during the tournament. But, you know, I don't want to take anything away from the 24 blokes that were in our squad. You know, they all trained well. They they tried hard, and, you know, and I, I can't speak highly enough of them. You mentioned the need for, for fixtures. How, how bright is the future of Samoan Rugby League and how dependent is it on those on those fixtures as well? Look, if they want to listen to the second-tier nations to compete against the big three, we need we need regular international competition, OK? Not once every two years, two, two or three years leading into a World Cup. One of the reasons we play well in this four nations is because we build on the success and build on the teamwork that we created in the World Cup in uh in, in October and November in 2013 and we came together for this Four Nations so we know. So again, for Samoa you know, and I've got no doubt if we play again next year we'll be better again there. So we need regular competition just like the Australians and the New Zealanders and also the English do. But having having us play, you know, once every two or three years is not good enough. So it's up to the international, you know, federation now to get these second tier nations if they want to get them up to speed with the with, with three nations well they need to provide you know, some games for us. So there is a need for improvement in the in the treatment of nations, not just Samoa, but as you mentioned, second tier nations, if you like. Oh, listen, I've got no doubt. Fiji, Tonga, PNG, they will all be improved if and only if there is some games. If there's international competition, they will be improved, and they'll be you know, and they've got the and all those nations have got the ability to push the top three if they have regular games. I guess something else about the future of rugby league uh, in, in Samoa at least or around uh, Samoan players we saw uh, or I saw uh, comments that uh, Captain Fa'alonga made about the popularity of rugby league possibly surpassing rugby union in Samoa and, and the islands as well what do you think about that? Is, is, do you see that as a clear possibility given the success of this campaign? Oh, I think it's a, a very realistic and I think it's possibly may have already happened I've got no doubt you know we were we were in Samoa before the tournament started, and the, and the um, you know support that we got there was unbelievable. And from what I can gather, well, while we did play, when we were playing over there, you know we got we got uh, um, plenty of um, messages and emails from the prime minister and the head of state just telling us how much you know Samoa supported us and how they were all watching us and how they were all proud of the efforts that we made. So, you know, again, you know, with more international tournaments. You know, I've got no doubt that rugby league can be the number one sport in Samoa. Tour Samoa coach Matt Parrish. PNG Cricket's on a high after winning their first ever one-day international series. The Barramundis defeated a higher-ranked Hong Kong in two matches in Townsville. 
Assistant coach Rarua Dekana says it was a pleasing feeling to come out on top during such an important occasion. It was all uh, exciting times when the boys actually had their first ODI win uh, against Hong Kong. So it was very good. It was a very good feeling. Uh, we had a local community coming out to support us and it, the atmosphere was all good. And it was an historic occasion and for us to win uh, our festival, there was a uh, was a pleasing experience and satisfying experience for all the hard work that, uh, everyone uh, had put in, support administration and players and sponsors, pretty much. What do you put down the victory to? I think the full credit would go to the boys, how they went about their, their cricket, uh, especially in the 50-hour match, especially when uh, you, you get uh, uh, two of the boys stepping up and in big runs to make sure they take responsibility to ensure win for their team. There, so that was the key. Our bowling performed uh, really well. Uh, that was an area we tried to work at uh, coming into this match. And and the bowlers uh, led by Willie Gavera, uh, Norman Vanua, Piti Raho, and our spinners Maruda and Charles Romini, they, they performed really well at this uh, at this stage. And uh, that was uh, it was an all-round performance both bowling and batting. And of course you mentioned the batting performances. One uh, young gentleman created further history by getting the first century for PNG. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Legacy Eka has been, has been uh, one of our shining youngsters coming through coming through the ranks and it was good to see him get the first ever ODA century. Just complimenting the hard work he's put in uh, off the field and leading up today. He's, he's not uh, new in scoring centuries. Uh, he's got two centuries in the last uh, World Cup qualifiers and to do it on the recognised ODI uh, series is a, is a special thing to him, I would uh, imagine. And uh, n- now I understand you're taking part in a three-day uh, uh, friendly with, with Hong Kong and you're quite comfortable that with the uh, skills from ODI transferring to the three-day game. You think PNG have the talent to do that? Uh, yeah, that, that's, that's the biggest challenge because uh, we, we are not used to multiple-day uh um, matches, so that's going to be a good challenge. The longest we've played was two days, and three days will be even even a tougher challenge. So the boys, uh, Deepak Patel, coach, has actually taken through the boys over the last uh, last day. Or so in the rest day on trying to transform our mindset mindset into playing a bit more longer uh, longer days uh, match. So hopefully we. The boys will uh, adjust accordingly and uh, apply uh, uh, in the three days. And uh, finally, Raru, what's next up for PNG cricket? You've had your first ever ODIs. Uh, what other fixtures are on the horizon? We have the uh, East Asia Pacific uh, Regional uh, T20 qualifier just immediately after after Townsville, after the series against Hong Kong, we travelled to uh, we travelled to Lismore. The tournament will be staged in Lismore, and we travelled to there on on Saturday and get, try and qualify. We need to win that uh, uh, that qualifier, uh, our region qualifier, to qualify to the global qualifier, which will be the World Cup qualifier in July next year. So that's the immediate uh, assignment uh, for the boys. 
going forward. I know you've got the likes of Fiji and Indonesia and other nations. Are you guys uh, you guys confident? Where is your standing amongst those nations? Uh, yeah, going into the tournament, uh, we are uh, ranked the top uh, nation in the region, and we, we are. We expected to win the tournament, uh, but the boys uh, understand that uh, expectations very well, and uh, they've been uh, advised. They've been working hard not to rest on their laurels or take anything for granted. As we know, the countries like Fiji, uh, Vanuatu, they can put up good performances against against us, and it's up to us to bring in our best that performance uh, possible into the tournament to ensure that we dominate uh, this tournament as expected. PNG assistant coach and high performance manager Radu Dikana. For the sixth year running, members of the Hurricanes are heading across the Pacific to promote an anti-violence program in the islands. Motu Matu'u, Ambrose Curtis and Mark Abbott are off to Vanuatu to help deliver the Break the Silence in the Violence program. Hurricanes personal development manager Steve Simons told me how the program started. I got introduced to a guy called Cam Ronald at the New Zealand Police who was running the Pacific Prevention of Domestic Violence Program and sort of said, hey, have, have I got an idea for you? Why don't we take some rugby boys and, and get some profile and see if we can get a win-win out of this? We managed to come up with a, an idea that we built on and, and, and has worked. So that first year we went off to Samoa with 10 players from the Hurricanes and the success of that initial project was, was massive. The response was huge. There was a spike in the reporting of domestic violence immediately after that, which is one of the indicators that we're looking for. But also there was a massive growth in the boys that we took. We'd been up there just after the tsunami, so we went down to Lalamanu and we, we did some stuff in the community. Everything was built around rugby. And the response we got and the, and the growth in the boys was really eye-catching. So we decided that maybe this was something we should continue developing. And here we are six years later going up to, to Vanuatu. Now you've been to, to Guam, the Cook Islands, Samoa and Tonga. How do you think you are affecting such change in, in such diverse places? There's a couple of things there. The first one is that the police have got a fantastic program going that's funded out of the out of New Zealand Aid, out of the ministry. And they're already doing some great work in building capability around the reporting of domestic violence, the management of domestic violence in terms of when it is reported, how the police respond and so on. So we go in for a week. And our job is to really use rugby to assist with, with giving some profile. So, so giving it a real spike over that period. All the indicators we've got from the police are that that awareness that we generate increases the reporting and the increase of reporting initially is something they want. The second bit is, and probably the bit we hadn't initially thought would happen, is that our boys come back educated. So we we educate them before they go in. They have a great experience in in country and when they come back they're often so moved and so powered by what they've done that they start to impact their own families, their own communities, their own rugby clubs, whatever it is, by sending messages back into their own place around around domestic violence and the need to reduce it and the need to remove it from our uh, our environment. In terms of rugby, what do you actually do with the local communities, particularly in places like Guam where it's not a huge sport? Guam was a fantastic trip. We, the response we got in Guam, in Guam was incredible. You know, we were the most tweeted thing, we were the most trending thing on social media by the end of the week. We are getting stopped in the street 
And this is not a country that, that has a great rugby profile. And we were sponsored up there by the First Lady who actually coached their national women's rugby team. So you sort of had a connection at the start. But in terms of rugby, what we're doing is that's the boys' currency. So they run public clinics. They have touch rugby games. They work with the national teams in country, the sevens teams. In Guam, we had up to 800 kids at, at any event. The rugby boys have really embraced it and, and the personal development managers in each of the franchises have really got on board and promoted it to their players. We've taken over 60 now. Mark Hammett came on a trip. We've had Blues trainer Wally Rifle, ex-players Paul Steinmet. We've also taken Catherine Latu and we're taking Matt Simons actually on this trip who's an age-grade hockey player here in New Zealand. So we're always looking to grow the program and we're always looking to grow the opportunity to find ways to see if the blueprint that we're using can be used across other sports but also potentially across other initiatives that might be run in the Pacific. Hurricanes Personnel Development Manager Steve Simons. Pacific Island nations are increasing their activity in the lead-up to and qualification for the Rio 2016 Paralympic Games. Chris Nunn, a coaching advisor from the Australian Paralympic Committees running workshops in Vanuatu, Solomon Islands and Papua New Guinea. Pierre Chivier from the Vanuatu Paralympic Committee says having the advisor in the country is a boost for para-athletes. Mainly to do with identifying athletes with the potential to compete, uh, with the hope that we can compete uh, the Rio, and uh, particularly in athletics and table tennis. Workshops that we've been running this week is to develop the capacity of coaches in multiple sports to provide sporting programs for athletes with disabilities. The talent that we have here is, is quite small, as we have to do classification of athletes, and we did that the last Thursday. And today we will um, we will have to test the athletes on on how uh, we can classify them, because you know we have different sort of disabilities uh, we work with so uh, we have to be um, precise on what, what sort of athletes we are. With regards to um, athletics I think we have some really good um, athletes out there but uh, as I say uh, we will have the, um, some time trials and to see if we if their timings can qualify them for the regional um, or the Oceania tournament in Australia next next year. You know they have the qualified times to make it to the uh, Olympics. What's Vanuatu's history in regards to Paralympics? Vanuatu was sent some para-athletes to um, Paralympic original tournaments, and you know we haven't won a medal in those big games like the Paralympic Games. And it would be a good, a great effort if we win a medal, some sort of medal in a big event like the Paralympic Games. I think Chris Nunn's visit these um, camps in the right time that you know we have to involve schools in this program. And as you know, um, we're in the process of getting disabled kids to um, to go to school, and that's where they get to learn to play sport. Chris Nunn, you know, this is his area of expertise, and uh, he's good at what he does. In terms of the community in Vanuatu, do they tend to support and get behind uh, any Paralympic or para-athletes? The support we have in Vanuatu is not that big, to be honest. But this is something that one of the Paralympic Committee is working on in trying to get the community to get behind the para-athletes. And hopefully we can uh, get as much support as we can from the Vanuatu government and uh, and um, all the business houses. And with all those support, I'm sure we will provide some good athletes um, or some others who could be at higher level in the future. Pierre Chibier from the Vanuatu Paralympic Committee. And that ends the World in Sport for this week. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm Koro Vakauta. Moment. 
Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.